Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Did your birth live up to your expectations? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 77 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I am really looking forward to today's discussion. Now, you all know by now that I am all for the happiest, most rewarding childbirth experiences ever. I mean, come on, pretty clear by the show title. But in today's episode with Anna, we'll discuss the reality that sometimes birth isn't a fairy tale. Even if it goes relatively well each time, it might not be your, quote, dream birth. I'm really looking forward to unpacking this through Anna's stories, and I'll share more of my thoughts, as always, in the episode roundup. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. I've got some exciting news. There's a giveaway going on over on Instagram this week. My good friend Helen is an artist, and one of her specialties is birth-related. She paints custom baby in utero designs on pebbles. Guys, these are so cool, and as soon as I saw them, I was reminded of my own birth. I'm not sure if I mentioned this around Lillian's birth, but all of my friends who came to my blessing way wrote words of encouragement and affirmations on pebbles that I kept as visual reminders for my labor. In fact, these pebbles still decorate my office, and I cannot wait to add some of Helen's to my collection. All of that being said, Helen and I are teaming up for a giveaway this week. One lucky winner will be receiving their own gorgeous, playful pebble. So head over to Happy Home Birth Podcast on Instagram for all of the rules and go ahead and check out Helen's other work at Rosie Bluebird Art on Instagram as well. And while you're on social media, would you just take a second to take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, upload it to your Instagram stories and tag Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you guys so much for this visibility. I know it doesn't seem like much, but this one little act does a few amazing things. Like I said, it gives visibility to the podcast, yes, but even more importantly, it exposes more and more people to the idea that, hey, home birth is a thing. So thank you so much for your willingness to participate in that. Similarly, if you've ordered a shirt from myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash merch, please send me a picture or tag me in your stories. I would love to see the apparel out and about, and you know I'll feature you in my stories as well. Okay, that is all of the housekeeping we have for now. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are acting as medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Anna, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on. and. We were just talking before we started the interview about, um, about so you've got several different aspects of your birth that are going to be so, or your births, plural, that are going to be so interesting to dive into. Before we get started, would you mind just introducing yourself to the listeners? Sure. Hello. My name is Anna, and I have three children, a boy and two girls, and we currently live in the greater Cincinnati, northern Kentucky area. Very nice. And before we started recording, we were talking about how, you know, sometimes 
it seems like home birth is kind of set away from the medical world and perhaps, you know, medical professionals wouldn't choose to give birth at home, but your story is different because your husband is a pediatrician. Yes. He is a, he is a board certified pediatrician. And I will say it was difficult to get him on board for a home birth, but he was telling me the other day how everything went perfectly. And he, if we ever have another baby, which we're pretty sure we're not, but if it happens, he would do it again. That's amazing. So, well, I would love to hear how that, how that played out, but so you've had three children. Were they, they all born at home or was just your most recent? Just my third, my most recent was born at home. The other two were um, unmedicated in hospitals. Okay. Very interesting. Well, I would love to hear, you know, kind of how you, how your journey went, what this little arc of birth stories was like. So would you mind just kind of filling us in with your first pregnancy and birth? Sure. Um, Our first son was born in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, There is a home birth midwife there, but because it was my first birth, I was nervous about doing it at home. So we chose to um, have his birth with midwives in the hospital. Um, And it was an amazing experience. It was lovely. We had a birth photographer there. So we have lots of, you know, just amazing photos. We have this really cool video of his first cry and it was amazing. Um, And so, and yeah, so I was always interested in home birth, but I was, I think a little too nervous to have my first birth at home. Um, Not to mention I think most insurances don't cover home birth, so we needed the insurance help to pay for the birth. Right. That can be very tricky. Yeah. Um, so then, um, yeah, so his, his birth was just, it was amazing. And looking back on all three, it was probably my most ideal kind of birth, but I mean, I don't think there's anything, you know, there's not no such thing as the perfect birth, but I think his was about as close as you can get. Wow. So what in your mind makes that so? Like, what were the really positive aspects of that birth? I had two amazing midwives with me in the room almost the entire time. Um, The nurse that was just, you know, that was in the room with me, was also, a, you know, a fan of natural birth. That helped a ton. Yes. Um, they had a labor tub that I was able to labor in. You weren't allowed to give birth in it, but you were allowed to labor in it. Um, and I think it was, it was a long enough labor where I kind of got to feel all of the kind of ups and downs of birth you know, the emotion that goes along with it. Right. Um, but it wasn't so long that I was left feeling, oh my gosh, am I ever going to give birth? Is this going to happen? Are we going to do this? So it was, um, it, it really helped a lot, I think, for my other ones to feel, you know, what a contraction feels like, what in between a contraction feels like, things you can do to help deal with, you know, with those times. 
that's that's incredible. That definitely makes sense. And I agree, you know, a lot of times long labors get a really bad rap and they're, they can be so exhausting. Like coming from someone who had a long labor, it can just be so exhausting. But also on the other end, short labors can be so shocking and emotionally just like what even happened to me. So, you know, you really put that into perspective when you say like, it was just the right amount of time to experience everything, but it wasn't crazy one way or the other. Yes. And I've had my uh, third birth, which we'll get to my most recent birth, um, from first contraction to birth was about two hours. Mm, yep. So far more precipitous. Yes. Okay. So, so the first birth left you feeling good. You had your hospital birth with your wonderful midwives. Mm-hmm. What, was there anything that changed between that first and second birth or what was that pregnancy and um, birthing experience like? Um, so with my second, my daughter, um, she, we decided again to go with midwives in a hospital simply because my husband was a resident at the time. And so, um, sorry about the baby cries. Um, so he was a resident in the hospital. So that meant we got free hospital services, one. And two, um, it was also, again, cheaper because we could use our insurance. And I hate that money made us choose a birth, but I mean, that's reality. Exactly. It is. I mean, it, it is absolutely something that, that families, a decision, a decision has to be made on that. And sometimes that is really the only feasible way. And, and I, I just hate that that's the case, but I it's the too. case. I do, but it's, you know, you have to pay for your other children if you have them, or you have to, you know, afford to feed yourself. So you have to do what you have to do, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um. But so we chose midwives in a hospital again. Um, um, at the hospital where I was, it was in upstate South Carolina. Ah, um, where I am. Yes. And, you know, I had seen the hospital. They have these absolutely beautiful labor rooms and these beautiful labor and birth tubs. And I was just so excited to give birth there. Um, however... Things didn't really go to my plan. I got kind of stuck in triage for most of my labor. Um, it was, it was kind of awful, to be honest with you. It was, it was no one's fault, really. I think it was just the time of day. It was New Year's Eve, so I think it was just kind of lots of things going on, and I got stuck in triage for a while. Um, And so I was in the labor room for 10 minutes before my daughter was born. Oh, wow. Um, But I really wanted a water birth, and she was born in the water. Well, that's good. (laughs) So how long were you in triage? Um, About an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, I was checked, and I was five centimeters. Mm And, um, they said, oh, we can't, we can't bring you back to the delivery room until you're six. And I was like, from my first birth, my son, 
I go from five to 10 very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that if I was five, this baby was coming fast. Right. Um, and I tried to tell them that, but in the throes of contractions and the emotion of labor, I don't think I was speaking for myself very clearly. Right. Turns out you can't explain things very well when you are, you know, hitting transition. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. So, yeah. So um, she came back after about an hour and I was six. And I knew at that point it was you know, my own mind that was holding me up more than my body. But because I was sick, she was like, okay, let's get you to the delivery room. And I think my body heard that. And it was kind of like, okay, we're just going to dilate all the way. Right. So I'm exactly. So they tried to put me in a wheelchair to get me to go back to the delivery room. Didn't happen. I couldn't sit. I couldn't kneel. So I'm like waddling my way down the hallway feeling my baby like pressing her head on whatever cervix happened to be left at that point and I was like I just kept saying to the midwife she's coming she's coming and and the midwife was lovely and she was just like I know I know it's okay (laughs) so we got to the room and um I I'm not one to usually take charge. I'm very like follow by the rules and let's just wait for someone to tell me what to do. But I literally got into this room. I ripped these hospital gowns off of me and I got into the tub all by myself, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to have helpers help you get into the tub. Um, and then I think maybe seven minutes after that, I pushed out a baby. Woohoo. They, the nurses were running around trying to get, you know, all the delivery packs open and ready and it barely happened, but it was, it was still good. Um, but it did make me realize some things about how my body labors, um, which led to our decision for home birth for our third child. Right. That makes sense. And so your birthing team at the hospital, they were, they were fine with your wishes of having a, a birth in the tub though. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think they were very happy with me getting into the tub on my own because the water wasn't really at the right temperature and all those hospital regulations, you know, I don't think the water was high enough or whatever, but I didn't really give them a choice. (laughs) I was, I was was in there. Right. Exactly. I was so upset because I had been stuck in this triage with, you know, no one helping me. I mean, my husband was there, but I think he was just as kind of flabbergasted as I was about being stuck in triage. That was new to us. Um, and so we just didn't really know what to do. Yeah. Those, the regulations, it's so frustrating. I mean, I understand, you know, having like, oh, well, you know, six centimeters is when we admit you to kind of prevent moms from being stuck at the hospital for a long period of time. But it's also so hard when, when we all know that your body, your cervix doesn't work, you know, on a clock. Like it, it's not like, oh, well, you're dilated this much. So that means that we've got this much time until your baby is born. Um, that is, that is very frustrating. I know that had to be frustrating for you. It was. Um, 
But I mean, for me, I think of all of my births as kind of one journey all together. Mm. Um, my first birth taught me some things. My second birth taught me some things. My third birth taught me some things. And my second birth kind of taught me, oh, I think if you're at home, you know, if my body's at home, my body knows it's at home, it's going to deliver at home, then I might be able to do this a lot easier than at the hospital with all of the transitions of, you know, driving there, waiting to get to the delivery room and all of those, you know, transitions, which can kind of stall your labor out, you know, sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just the, just moving from one place to another causes so much physiologically because a mother when, when in labor wants to kind of nestle down, hunker down, have her people come to her. That's just, you know, that's how it is physiologically. So you having to go somewhere can certainly throw things off. And then you're going to a hospital, which is a very sterile looking and feeling environment with fluorescent lights. You know, that's not very that's not very helpful for the laboring process. So certainly some added, um, added things that you have to deal with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you have your second birth again in the hospital with midwives and now it seems like things changed because you realized, oh, wow, if I were, you know, if I were at home, my body would kind of know what to expect. So, how did your final um, pregnancy, how did that go? And what was it like now that your husband, you know, is a pediatrician, what was it like saying, hey, what do you think about, you know, this home birth idea? I presented the idea of home birth to him. I think the second I saw the two lines on the test mm-hmm. um, and we immediately started researching well, I started researching for home birth midwives. Um, as you know, I've, I know you've talked about in previous podcasts, there's, you know, certified professional midwives, CPMs, and certified nurse midwives, CNMs. Right. My husband was really only comfortable going the CNM route because he's more knowledgeable and comfortable with their training. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think it's a little bit more medical, you know, because they do a lot of hospital training. It's not all just, you know, in home births and think all, you know, it's, they're trained with doctors as well as midwives. Right. They're, they have gone to nursing school. So they're nurses and then they become, you know, they have the mid midwife credential on top of that. So yes, definitely, definitely more hospital, uh, you know, more, more, um, more hospital experience. That totally makes sense. Yes. So in our area, there is one CNM who does home births. So we met with her and, um, I knew that, I mean, I, I really liked my midwife. Um, and I knew that if I wanted a home birth, she was my person. Now, so this is, you, have you moved in between these two births? Yes, sorry. Okay. Yeah, so no we moved back home where we're from, which is the Northern Kentucky, greater Cincinnati area. 
Um, and like I said, there, I think in the entire state of Kentucky, there are four CNMs who do home birth. And we were lucky enough that there was one within 30 minutes of our house. Gotcha. So that, to me, it felt kind of um, like fate a little bit. Like, right. oh, okay. You know, my husband said, you know, I'm more comfortable with a CNM. Here's the CNM. We met her. We liked her. Um, and it just kind of fell into place. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, and it was great because I had the two other kids. She did all of my um, appointments at our house. Um, my husband's schedule, he's off on Wednesdays. So she did all my appointments on Wednesdays. So he was there for every appointment. Oh, wow. That's really nice. It was so nice. So that that way he knew her too, you know, instead of just this stranger coming into our house to deliver our baby when the time came, he, you know, he had seen her just as many times as I had. And I mean, I'm sure that helps with the feeling of safety and understanding of, you know, oh yeah, she does know, she knows her stuff and I see her knowing her stuff consistently. Absolutely. And I feel like every time she was at our house, he had a few more questions to ask her. And eventually I think he felt pretty comfortable with the idea of having a home birth. Um, his factors, I think, for being more comfortable is we live very, very close to a hospital, less than a 10-minute drive. So if transfer needed to happen, you know, it could happen very quickly. Right. Um, and also, you know, being a pediatrician, he was also nervous about, well, what happens if the baby's not breathing? You know, not just about worries with, with my health, but also the baby. But it helped him because, you know, he knows all of the infant CPR and all of that other thing, all of those other things that I don't even really want to know about what can go wrong when a baby's born. <laughs> but he was comfortable with her knowledge and his knowledge. So he felt like, okay, if something happens, then between the two of us, we've got this covered. Exactly. Yes. Right. Right. Well, that makes sense. And that's, that's really great that, you know, you're, your pregnancy experience, your prenatal experience was able to, um, to cater to your specific situation and both of your needs to have this home birth that you desired. Yes. So what was that like as you know, you arrived to the day, the labor day? So the day before, um, my daughter was born, I had been, I had a regular appointment and I had been feeling not really contractions, but I could feel almost like her coming down. Hmm. So there must have been some kind of contraction going on, but it didn't feel like pain to me. It just felt like laboring down. Mm -hmm. And so I kept, it was very frustrating to me because I kept feeling like, oh, labor's going to start. I'm so excited. And then nothing would happen. And that happened so many times over, it was a Wednesday. She was born on a Thursday. So that happened so many times on this Wednesday. So on Thursday, um, like I said, we moved back to live with our family, which has been a huge blessing. On Thursday, I called my mom and I said, mom, I am so frustrated. I can't, 
I can't do this. I can't deal with these kids. So she was so, it was so amazing. She took them to preschool for me. She came and sat at the house while I rested just so I didn't have to be alone. Um, and, you know, she just made sure that I was okay because I was not, I emotionally, I was not okay. Physically, I was fine, but emotionally it was, you know, am I ever going to have this baby? You know, is this going to happen? Even though it was just my due date. Right. <laughs> so it was not beyond, it was my due date. I knew full well that, you know, the baby would come when she wanted to come, but I, it was just something about, oh, I don't want to go post-dates. I had never gone post-dates before. Right. There's something about knowing that it would be normal to continue on and then being able to tell yourself that it would, it's fine. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so my mom, you know, she picked them up from school and it was okay. I tried to eat. Um, very light that day. I just wasn't feeling hungry, but I knew I needed to eat something. So I ate soup and broth and that kind of thing. Um, and I was kind of trying to get my body or kind of tell my body, it's okay. You can go into labor now. We're ready. Right. Um, and so anyway, so nothing happened. And so we decided that we were going to go to bed pretty early that day. So we got the kids to bed and we were in bed asleep at 9, 9 p.m. That sounds like my kind of night. <laughs> right. That sounds right. great. <laughs> yes. Um, so my husband fell right asleep. And I started feeling some more contractions and I was thinking, oh, no, here we go again. You know, this, I'm not going to get any sleep. You know, I'm just going to have all these unproductive contractions. I don't know if I can do this anymore. And then about uh, 9.30 or 10 o'clock, they weren't feeling so weak anymore. They felt really, really strong. And I was kind of having to moan through them and hold on to the, I was still trying to lay in bed to force myself to rest. Um, and I was kind of having to hold on to the headboard of the bed while I was kind of writhing through them. And then I thought, well, I'll just go sit on the toilet and see if that helps. Um, and so I started to labor on the toilet and then I think sometime around, you know, that time I was like, okay, maybe this is the real thing. But because I had had so many false starts and stops before, I was still very nervous about waking my husband up or, you know, really calling the midwife and making sure that they came. Right. And then it seems like all of a sudden, a switch flipped and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. So my husband is still sleeping. I'm in the shower laboring. I'm roaring through these contractions, like roaring. Um, at one point before I got in the shower, when I was still in the bathroom, I was like banging on the bathroom wall, roaring through these contractions. Part of me, I think it was to try to wake him up because <laughs> I, right? I, but I didn't I just didn't have the words. I don't right. know. I think I was just trying to get him to wake up. Like a so cry I, for help. Right. 
so I'm in the I'm in the shower, you know, and the water was helping. Um, and he woke up finally around 1030. And he came over to the shower and he was like, do you want me to call the midwife? I didn't even answer him. I'm just like holding on to the shower walls, roaring, beating on the walls. I'm trying to, you know, I was standing, leaning against the wall on all fours, like kind of switching positions all the time. Mm. And um, so he, I guess, went into a different room to call the midwife, call my mom, call the birth photographer um, to tell them like, oh, I think this is it, but she's had so many false starts, you know, we're a little nervous. Um, and so, but they all came. So my mom got here first. Of course, I didn't know any of this. I'm upstairs in the shower. I don't know that any of this has gone on. Gotcha. You are like in labor land at this point. Deep. Yes. Yes. So I'm upstairs in the shower laboring. Um, I'm, you know, and everyone's getting there. So I'm, so I'm saying to my husband, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I think I need to go to the hospital and get an epidural. I can't, I can't do this. Okay, so I'm, I'm in the shower, I'm laboring, and I said, I need, I need my midwife. And so um, he said, she's here. And I was like, oh, you know, because I had no idea that he had been calling all these people and trying to get them, get them there. Right, so you just snapped your fingers and poof, midwife right. appears. <laughs> right. Um, I believe she arrived around 1120. Um, so that's pretty fast. You know, if he just woke up at 1030 and she mm -hmm. already arrived at our house at 1120, that's, that's pretty cool. Right. And it was a 30 minute drive. You said, yeah, she was about 30 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. So she was ready. She was on it. Yeah. So, um, so when she arrived, I got out of the shower because I wanted to be checked, which I normally hate being checked during labor, but these contractions were so intense for me that if I was only going to be like four or five centimeters, I, I was like, I have to go to a hospital. Mm. I cannot do this anymore. So she checked me and I was nine centimeters with a bulging bag of water. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, okay, I'm nine. I can do this. Right. So at that point, um, we knew I wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to blow up the labor tub or we wouldn't be able to do anything like that. So my husband was trying to fill the bathtub, but we had cranked up our water heater to be ready for the big blue labor tub. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the water that was going into the bathtub was basically boiling. Right. So it was not, you know, good for humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would have boiled us. So they're, so they're both in the bathroom and, and I'll explain our, we were up in our bedroom. So our bedroom has kind of one of those 1990s open to the bathroom layout. So there was no door between us. We were all kind of right there, even though it was two separate rooms. Right. Um, and after she had checked me on the bed, I had gotten up again, but I hadn't really 
gotten very far. I was still standing at the foot of the bed um, and I had one hand on the end of the bed and one hand on a, on a labor ball, just trying to kind of squat. At this point, I was feeling very pushy. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt all that pressure. So, you know, my husband and midwife, they're in the bathroom, they're trying to get the temperature right for this tub. And all of a sudden I say, can someone please get over here and catch this baby? <laughs> so clearly I'm, you know, I'm really good with words when I'm, yeah. when I'm in labor. No, I mean, I think that's great with words. That was a very nice direct question. Right. Someone come get it. Right. So, um, you know, my midwife starts putting all these different like chuck pads and other things on the carpet and um and i'm trying to push but i'm standing up and she was like why don't you get on your knees and i said okay so i still have you know one hand on the end of the bed one hand on the labor ball i'm on my knees and i push once and this flood of fluid comes out and I push again and they start to see a head. Wow. So my midwife at that point hadn't even had time to put on her gloves. <laughs> right. So um, they later told me that she kind of whispered to my husband, um, you're going to have to catch the baby. I don't have gloves. Hmm. So he caught our baby. Oh, how cool it, is that? It was so special. And he said, um, so I, I was pushing her out and, you know, it kind of, she stopped at her head for a minute. And so his, her head was just kind of sticking out and it was so sweet because it, they were behind me. She mm -hmm. was kind of coming out. They were catching her from behind. Right. Well, I guess my husband, cause the midwife again, didn't even get her gloves. <laughs> um, and so he was narrating to me like, oh, I see her head. She has a lot of hair. She's looking at me. She's opening and closing her mouth. Oh my word. How it, sweet. It was so sweet so that I knew what was going on. Cause you know, we didn't have a mirror. I, I couldn't see anything. Mm. Um, so I pushed again and I went, oh, shoulders. I forgot about the shoulders. Mm -hmm. And um, and then she just kind of fell out. Wow. After that. How special that your husband got to have that moment, you know, with with your daughter as as she's being born to be able to just like look her in the eyes, look her in the face and be so hands-on. That is just that's such a neat experience. Yeah. And um, oh, I forgot to say the time. I don't, I'm always like really interested in timestamps during oh. labor. So she was born at 1151. Gosh. And you had, so you guys went to bed at nine Yeah, and you got up to start, you know, dealing with contractions at what time was that? 10? Um, probably 10 ish. Mm -hmm. I didn't really look at a clock, so it's kind of just all guesstimates. Right. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a quick one. Yes, it was very quick. Oh, wow. So, so after the baby was born, what was your kind of immediate postpartum like? So my immediate postpartum was, um, so because no one had on gloves and my husband, you know, he was wearing like, like a shirt that he didn't want to get dirty and stuff like that. 
my baby was laying on the ground just because they didn't, you know, I think my husband didn't know what to do with her exactly. Right. You know, cause like any mother would be like, I don't care what shirt I have on. I'm holding my baby. But so I'm kind of like on my knees, the cord is behind me. And all I kept thinking was I need to hold my baby. I want to hold my baby. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think because my midwife, it was, our daughter was born kind of at the end of our bed between our bed and, and like the wall. So there wasn't really any space Mm -hmm. for her to kind of move around a whole lot. Um, so anyway, so I think like, you know, they were both, my husband and midwife were both so shocked that she came so fast that I think everyone was just kind of like taking a minute to breathe. Before we did like the whole normal postpartum, but I finally did voice out loud. Hey, I would like to hold my baby now. Anyone? Right. So they got me, you know, seated so I could hold her and, you know, got the baby up between my legs because she was still connected. I hadn't delivered the placenta yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I got to hold her and I'm holding her sitting in this pool of my own fluid and blood and in walks our birth photographer. (laughs) Hello. Hello. And I was like, I was like, hi, she's here. And our birth photographer is so, so sweet. And she was just like, oh, she's here. And she just immediately got on her camera and started taking the pictures. Um, He's here right now. (laughs) It was, it was really, it was really nice. Oh, that is, that's beautiful. I mean, how did you feel about processing that, the quickness of that birth? Um, I think that I was in shock, Mm -hmm. um, honestly for days, maybe even a week. Yeah. Because it was just so, it was just so fast. There was no, um, there was no lead up. Right. Um, and it was just, and I think also it didn't help because I was still not really sure that I was even in labor until she was, you know, basically born. Right. Uh, so it, it was, there was a lot of, a lot of things going on, a lot of things going on. Yeah. Those, like I said, I do feel like those short labors, it, it can, it can be a lot to process and a lot to kind of wrap your mind around like what just happened to yes. us. Yes. So that totally makes sense. And what did your husband feel about the experience once it was, once it was over? So I think my husband, right after the birth, um, he, I think he really liked the process. He liked that um, we didn't have to go anywhere. We didn't have to, you know, worry about getting the kids, our older two children, somewhere else while we were at the hospital. Um, we didn't have to pack a bag. Right. I think that packing the hospital bag is, you know, it's, it's stressful because you never know what you're going to need. Um, and so we didn't have to do that. We had everything at our home ready to, you know, just there for us. Mm, that's um, so true. Yeah. And also, I'm just trying to think. Um, 
Yeah, like we had all our own food. Um, our kids were there the whole time that our daughter was born. Um, and so when they woke up that next morning, they woke up to their baby sister. That is so sweet. And it was so, it was so amazing that they were kind of, especially our, our younger, um, well, not the youngest now, but the middle one, um, she was just kind of amazed, like, oh, there really was a baby in your belly. Right. That was not some fairy tale. Right. So we have, our birth photographer was so nice. She actually came back the next morning after, um, after the birth to kind of get some family photos of us um, all together and the kids, you know, with the older two with their baby. And oh. it, was, it was so, so sweet. I'll treasure those photos forever. Yeah, that is, that is really wonderful and, and such a precious memory. And so that, that's fantastic. I mean, you mentioned earlier, you know, there's, you don't feel like there's any such thing as a perfect birth. Um, but with all of your births, you know, you say that they are kind of a journey, one, one journey together. What is your, what's your overall feeling of your experiences? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question, Caitlin. Um, I think my overall feeling is that it's okay to be, to still have some feelings of disappointment for your births. Because I think sometimes your baby and your body kind of trumps, gets the birth that they want and trumps the birth that you as the mom desire. Very interesting way to put that. Yeah. That, I had, I mean, I had seen all of these videos um, and, you know, galleries of birth of the mom in the, you know, in the inflatable blue birth tub with the, you know, the lotus placenta floating in there. And, that stuck in my mind of something that I really, really wanted, but I unfortunately didn't get. Mm-hmm. But I think that my body knew what it needed to do and what was best for all of us. Right. That's a, that's a beautiful way to put it. And I, I like that you mentioned that, that it's not like anything inherently went wrong with any of your labors. It's just not, you know, we all have ideas and hopes and goals of what our birthing experience is going to, to look like. And, and when that doesn't happen, it's okay to be like, that's not exactly what I was planning to still completely appreciate what you had, but to acknowledge, oh, I did, I did have something else in mind as well. Exactly. And I know it's, it's really hard, you know, especially if, you know, first time moms are listening to think, oh, you know, even these perfect births, you can be disappointed at. But, but like I said, it's, it's all a journey, you know, it's an emotional, physical, even spiritual journey, right. you know, for all of your births. And I think that even though I have some disappointments, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad about those births or, you know, I'm not thankful for them. It's just, I never got that YouTube perfect birth. 
Right. And that's okay. Right. I, I love that. I, I love how you are able to discuss that openly and say, yep, this wasn't quite what I was expecting. It's not, you know, but birth is sometimes we, and you know, I actually remember discussing this with the, the midwives from beautiful one midwifery with the episode about what if something goes wrong? Sometimes, sometimes we do a disservice, the birth community, myself, you know, I talk about happy home births and, you know, there is an entire range of what a home birth is going to look like. And sometimes it's this beautiful, peaceful Lotus birth, you know, big inflatable birth pool birth. And sometimes it's you roaring your baby out at the foot of your bed and, you know, your midwife doesn't have her gloves on. Like that is birth. It it just spans so many experiences. It can be so many things. Um, so bringing that bringing that up is a great reminder of the fact that we don't have full control. You know, we can try really hard to make something, this, this situation, the perfect scenario, but we don't have that control. And you're right, your body and your baby, you know, that, that's what, that's what chooses the birth that you have. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Man, that is so much to think about, Anna. I am, I'm really grateful that you came on and shared your journey with us. As we close up, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I guess my biggest thing is to do your best to get the birth that you want. You know, even if it's kind of trying to force your pediatrician husband to let you have a home birth, or if it's, you know, you have to have a hospital birth because that's all you can afford, you know, just do your best to make the best of the situation that you're kind of forced into as well. Right. So if you have to have a hospital birth because that's all you can afford, that's okay, you know, but maybe try to work in some other things to get as many pieces of that perfect birth that you have in your mind as you can, Mm -hmm. but also be aware of the reality that you may not get that perfect birth and that's okay. But also it's okay to have some disappointments as well. Right. Those are such perfect ways to sum everything up. You do the work and then, and then you acknowledge that, you know, there's, there's only so many pieces that we can put together. The rest is going to fall as it may. Yes. Oh, Anna, thank you so much. It was such a joy to have you on the podcast. I am so grateful for you sharing your experiences with us. Thank you so much, Caitlin. I am so happy to have been on here. This is my favorite podcast. What? An amazing episode. Do I say that every time? I'm pretty sure I say it every time, but seriously, what an amazing episode. And as we head into the episode roundup, I really want to discuss this quote from Anna. She said, I never got that YouTube perfect birth and that's okay. Now, as I mentioned in the episode and as is abundantly clear in my childbirth education program, the goal is an empowered birthing experience. And truth be told, I believe there is so much we can do to move the needle in the direction of this outcome. Taking preparation seriously, working with our mindset, learning the tools and techniques that can encourage presence, 
Gosh, it can all do so much. In fact, the results my founding members have experienced through Happy Homebirth Academy really make me feel this is possible for so many. But at the same time, we've got to remember that birth isn't a fairy tale or a Pinterest pin. It varies vastly, and your perception of the events can be just as varied. I say this as a reminder to be kind to yourself. Even if on the outside you had a birth that was, quote, good or, quote, positive, remember that your feelings of the situation are valid and worth discussing. I'm so grateful that Anna came on and shared her heart on her birthing experience and the way that it made her feel. And this brings me to another point, which is not related to Anna's experience, but a tangent that I just have arrived at when pondering this later. Remember that not everything is as it seems. Social media is flooded with the most gorgeous birth photos, and perhaps it leaves you feeling like your experience was somehow less. But please remember that the beautiful photo of the mother glowing with twinkle lights behind her might have been taken mere minutes after that mother barfed her entire lunch on her midwife's shoes. Birth. (laughs) It's messy and unpredictable and beautiful and everything in between. Okay, my friends, that is all I have for you today. If you are not in the Facebook group, jump over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash happy home birth pop-up. It's kind of a blast in there. All right, my friends, I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Hey, are you finding these stories and interviews helpful? Support the show by heading to myhappyhomebirth.com and purchasing a t-shirt, candles, or even just clicking share on your social media page. 